0: There we go. Do you devil? Hmm. Oh, okay. They just changed the buttons. Okay. We're good. <laughs> I kept trying. Oh, to- okay. I got a
1: message. It was like, this this meeting is being recorded.
0: There we go. <laughs> it must not have went through the first couple of times when I clicked it, uh, but it definitely looks different. Uh, all right. So if you don't mind, we can get started with the actual questions in the recording. Um, definitely want to hear more about the, those details for the Kickstarter. Um, we get yeah, to sure. uh it's a problem when we start talking. When I start talking to people about graphic novels, I just like get caught up.
1: Right. <laughs> the creepy that's creepy. what happens. It starts flowing and then you're like, oh, here we are.
0: Uh, but it's really good to know because when I do my video, um, like I said, for the Kickstarter, that will be really cool stuff to uh, to share in there. So, all right. Hello, all. Uh, I'm Dan Kubal. Here today we have Alan at Silverwood, correct? Yes. Perfect. One of my friends used a, a pseudonym for his last name and I had no idea because it was like even on Wikipedia. <laughs>
1: It is that well, that's the thing. Let me just tell you right up front, Alan Silverwood is a pseudonym. Oh, cool. If you if you go, if you go looking me up in the oil, he said he worked for Marvel Comics, yeah, yeah. but I can't find an Alan Silverwood. <laughs> well, you won't because I worked for them under my birth name yeah. years ago. Oh, and cool. it is not Alan Silverwood. Yeah, yeah, Alan cool. is my middle name, and Silverwood is from my mother's family tree. Okay, cool, cool. My name, my birth name is Gary Barnum. And if you go oh. look up Marvel Comics Gary Barnum, then you might, or G Alan Barnum, either one, oh, cool. you'll find some Marvel comic stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. under my name you know oh, cool. uh, editorial assistant cool. some, some short stories and stuff. Yeah, yeah yeah. long time ago way back in the day
0: <laughs> but yeah but yeah well, Gary like, Barnum was then. yeah I didn't have a chance to look you up that way but I when I looked him I was like you didn't work for DC and he's like yeah oh no he's like I did a few runs and he's like no it's just under this name so that's really that's really funny I'm gonna actually have to share that with him uh yeah really soon so uh, you know, some
1: of us do this we, yeah. we change our names in lives yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. for
1: good reasons though but you know no, and hey. not not and not for legal reasons necessarily <laughs> we're not evading anybody it's just you know
0: people are going to see this yeah. podcast they're going to be like oh man he's not America's most wanted or something like
1: that no nah, okay. no long story it has to do with my father actually Barnum my father took it from his stepfather and it isn't even our family name and it means <laughs> nothing to me and that's about that's about the length of the short oh, okay. that's the short story you know (laughs) there was no reason for me to even have that name except that my father took it from his stepfather so i was like Nah, i'm gonna go back to something that means something more to me and i went up my my mother's family line to take a name you know that means something to me when i started you know doing more publishing on my own i'm like Now i'm just gonna take something from my mother's family line so i took the silverwood
0: oh that's cool that's awesome yeah yeah uh, so that you kind of get, got into it when we talked privately before we started the interview. Uh, what was your writing journey like? And that could be, you know, novel, it could also be, you know, comics, whatever your journey was, just let us know what that was like.
1: Uh, you know, this is just kind of a funny story, but I started writing and drawing my own comics, and I don't draw. But uh, just just to, just, to, just to be very clear, um, I started writing and drawing my own comics at five years old, and I didn't know what I was doing. I was just sitting at the coffee table and I, and I had this story idea that I wanted to I wanted to tell. and I wanted to tell it visually. I was five. And so I did this trash can man. and basically I used stick figures, and it was a guy who basically, turned a trash can over and cut a hole out. of. He apparently cut a hole out of the bottom and he put it on like a suit of armor and he took the trash can lid, you know those old metal trash cans (laughs) with the metal lids and he used the lid like a shield and he had a sword and his enemy was the garbage truck and it was this living garbage truck with big teeth that came after him and he'd fight the garbage truck and it was garbage, it was trash can man or garbage can man, I don't remember what it was called and those were my little comics and I was making these I was five years old so I was making comics when I was five years old and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know it was comics or anything. I I don't think I'd even read a comic book at that point, but I was doing that. And then by the time I was eight years old, I was reading the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. And then I was watching movies by the time I was 12 and stuff. And then, you know, then I was reading comics, you know, I got into things. And so I was reading books and comics by the time I was, most kids were not even really into books and reading you know and so my whole life was all about that um so by the time I was in my early 20s I was editing uh and uh I got hired on at a a, a magazine publisher and I got hired on in the subscriptions department and they found out there was an opening in the editorial department they they heard that I was interested in doing that and they're like well okay but you don't have your degree yet and I was like you know, but I'm still interested. And they were like, okay. So they had people coming in with degrees and, you know, like trying out for this editorial position. And they said, well, let's try them out. So they gave me, you know, all the tests and tried me out. I beat out everybody and they hired me. Oh, cool. So I got lucky. So I got hired on and I got hired on. I was being shared by three magazines and oh they were fighting They started within a month. They were fighting over my time. So, so after a month, one of the three magazines, took the initiative and made me an associate editor on their magazine oh, wow. which took me away from the other two magazines yeah so i so i wound up doing writing and editing for this magazine then i'm working for them and then i was going down to san diego now this was back in the days when san diego even though it was the big still the biggest you know comic yeah, yeah. Um, comic con in the country you could get to the professionals and talk to them and have conversations yeah. you know so i went i went up and i talked to um, Richard Starkings who was an editor from Europe you know Marvel UK yeah, yeah. at the time and we had to talk about one of the books that they were putting out and he was just surprised that you know what that here was an American who knew one of their books you know I'm like oh yeah I was checking it out um, and he was thought he was interested in Los Angeles and that's where I lived at the time and he wanted to come up and see LA and I was like come on, I'll, come on up I'll show you around you know so we did hung out and then he went back to to England and then moved over to New York. And he knew I was interested in going to work for Marvel. So he said, you know, one of the editors here has just lost her assistant. Why don't you come out and apply for the position? And I was like, no problem. <laughs> yes, crap, in the, crap in the back of my Toyota Celica hatchback and off to yes. New York I went. Yes. A week later, I find myself in New York City working for bobby chase and living in her former apartment because he had taken over her apartment yeah. and then he moved on and he left me her apartment so i'm working for bobby chase and living in her former apartment wow. at the same time <laughs> working for her so and then i'm working on the incredible hulk with uh, peter david and dale keown oh, wow. working on she hulk with brian with a very young brian hitch wow. and steve gerber who created howard the duck
0: yeah and
1: gi joe with larry hama
0: oh and, man and mark
1: <laughs> That, and yeah. um yeah and ghost rider with howard mackie and javier Salteras and mark Texeira. that was what and that and that was it that's where i was at and i was you know and um and before long i got you know they, they knew i wanted to write for them so i got asked to write a, a backup and a west coast avengers annual and the first ba- first thing i got to write was a west coast avengers oh. which of course me coming from the west coast that was my favorite thing yeah. my favorite character was hawkeye I got to write a story about the West Coast Avengers that featured Hawkeye. I, I was like, well, so I was it So I was there for a couple of years, you know. Yeah. For you know, did a little work for them after I left. Just, just, just short story stuff, you know. So I did some editorial stuff, a few short stories. I think I wrote the first Black Cat solo story. I don't know. I've never really fully looked this up, but I'm pretty sure that the first Black Cat solo story was a backup story that I did in a oh, like wow. a web of Spider-Man annual.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: Black Cat. Um, so yeah, so I did a little bit, little bit of stuff for them, you know, right right there the uh, you know early '90s, you know, kind of thing.
0: So cool. golden because yeah. I like to see it. <laughs> I know some people, you know, especially for DC, put that you know a little earlier, but for me, the '90s was just like key for both. There was some of the '90s to early 2000s for some of the best runs of comics, in my opinion, for really so, any company. To be quite honest, I mean. See,
1: I was like, I was kind of like, for me, I was like really loving comics. I think I, I think I was really loving them in the 80s. And I think somewhere in the mid-90s, they took a left turn for me. I, okay. But you know, here was the thing. Mark Grunewald, the famous and the most wonderful Mark Grunewald used to say, as you came in the door at Marvel, he would say, if, if your hobby is comic books, now you're working here, you better find a new hobby. And it was true. Mm. Because what happens when you take something on as a profession you're going to find a lot of times that it becomes your profession as a hobby. It becomes a thing that like, you just, it's now it's work. Now it's not a hobby. Now it's work, you know, unless you work, unless, unless work is your hobby, you know, (laughs) and it's like working isn't necessarily a hobby for you. So it's like, so after that, I kind of stopped, you know, like I kind of stopped reading comics a lot from about the mid nineties until I don't know. I want to say for like about 15 years, it was a long time before I started reading. There was a big break in there for me for reading comics. Like a lot of stuff happened. And it's like, cause I was like, I kind of like, I look back at some stuff that happened and I'm going, what were they doing? Mm -hmm. You know? So like, so like right around that period, like, I don't know what happened around that period of time. There was a lot of stuff that just like, kind of like, like went, they, they took a left turn from what they had
0: been doing.
1: And I was like, um, I'm not really into this, yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: That's funny, because I now, like, when we're talking, like, after, I think after, yeah. a couple years after Marvel Civil War, I think it was, like, yeah. the Captain America. Yeah. I dropped
1: out right before that, I think. Yeah. I think that and was, after like... After
0: that, I was, like, oh, uh, there was just... I guess there was a lot of Spider-Man runs that I actually really liked. Like, When the Stars Go Cold had to be one of the best graphic novels I've ever read, like, in my entire life. The writing was yeah. amazing. Um, and then they, like, reset everything again. And that's pretty much too, like after the new 52, not the new oh, yeah. one, but the
1: first see, all the All the resets is just like, I was like, Ugh. I tried, see, I, now that, the new 52, that's when I jumped back in. Okay. I was like, let's give this a chance. Let's try this out because they haven't done this since, since they did um, – what was the thing they did in the 80s where they had everybody oh, crisis oh. on infinite earths. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crisis yeah. They, DC hadn't done that since Crisis on Infinite Earths. So I'm like, "Well, let's see what they're doing now. I'll give I'll give it a jump." Plus at that time, a big chunk of the a big chunk of the editors that were at DC had come from the days I I worked yeah, with them yeah, at Marvel, yeah, 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 yeah. including my old boss Bobby Chase. She was there. So I'm like, "Well, let's chunk it. Let's let, let's jump in and see what they're doing here." And so I jumped in and checked it out. And um, and I read a few of them, and and I followed that for a while, and then like in a, in about a hot minute, they were resetting again, and I'm going, wait what? Yeah. And then they started resetting every two years, and I'm going, I, yeah. I can't do this. That's not gonna can't be do off. this. It's
0: like with the 52 reset, there were a lot of people that came, you know, from Marvel and Dark Horse that were switching to DC, and you know, you had guys that were you know writing Spider-Man and drawing, and then came over, and I mean, they were just some of the best stories, you know, for Batman and you know yeah batman was great right then right wasn't it yeah i mean we're talking that was one of the best runs that was when nightwing there was was, some good yeah like i think personally that new nightwing was was great
1: and bobby was doing that That was great i was really into the nightwing and that was and and i liked the Batgirl that um gail was doing and
0: um, And not not there 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 was new things you know like i just like you said like i just kind of kind of diverted for a while I, right i mean i do
1: like i do like yeah, new dude. things but i also have an affinity for some of the old stuff too there's oh, a cotton it's got there's there's a, there's a middle ground and that's what i've tried to do with my comic is like in my comic i've got some throwback stuff kind of like old but it, but i'm kind of blended with like a whole new direction kind of like it's like you you think you've seen this concept before but i'm going to show you a whole new twist on it and it's like it's kind of it comes out as quirky yeah. And that's the best way I can describe it as quirky and I'm like I kind of like quirky yes. <laughs> it's like it's good because it winds up being kind of fun but at the same time there's an undertone in there that you can kind of appreciate whether you like old stuff or new stuff you know it's like that's something that really can you, you can find your way no yeah. matter what you like you know you're going to find something in there that you're going to be going I can relate to
0: this and that, the thing I liked when you first saw like was we're Facebook friends the thing I first liked when you were sharing you know your new graphic novel with the SPIs among us like I just I, there were a lot of things that I really liked in terms of just the the look and in terms of you know the different ideas and the panels you shared even like the different you know just the the tone I really felt where you were looking and, you know the directions the visuals and things like that yes. and you know the characters that you were sharing too I felt were Again, more real to me because again there was like the wildcat from you know DC like from the mid '90s, and I just felt like a lot of your characters had that type of realness to them, where they felt like you were know, people and not like gods, so to speak. I guess. Yeah, I'll tell you.
1: I'll tell you what's funny about that. Um, in Spies Among Us, super okay. First off, Spies Among Us is a play. The SPI stands for Superpowered Individuals. Oh yeah. Um, Because I didn't want it to be like about superheroes necessarily, because all of these characters have the ability to be either good or bad.
0: Yeah, all
1: of them. So you don't always know, like the person you think is the best person, like you start out with a guy who you think is like the nicest, coolest guy in the world in the first issue because he's saving up to the bad guy and you're like, what a good guy he's actually saving a guy he would normally you know, like leave him to the bad, leave him to the, you know, leave him to gang justice or whatever. But he's such a good guy that he's saving a bad guy, you know, but by the third issue, he's breaking the Geneva Convention. Oh, I God. mean, no, I'm not, I mean, no shit. This is the kind of stuff you're up, you're up against in this book. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen and who's going to do what, you know? Um, there are things in this book that, that are going to, you're going to get surprised when, <laughs> by a lot of stuff, but, but the spy, super powered individuals, Spies, spies among us. There are spies among us. Um, the, um, the, the one of the things you talk about their look. In my mind, most of these guys, because they've been kept hidden from the public by a doctor anonymous, a guy with this immense power that I've never heard of any character having in the entire history of comics. I've never heard of a character with this kind of ama- It's like a, it's a vast, amazing power, and it's like it's it's a, it's a power I've just never heard of anyone having. And when, it, when we finally expose it, it's kind of going to, going to blow your mind a little bit, but um, not as much as it would have when I first thought of it 25 years ago. But <laughs> um, but it's still going to blow your mind. Um, I one of the things is is that they've had kind of this ability to function in the world without having to have costumes, you know. But I like the old costumes back in the golden age, when they didn't have, when they made costumes back in the golden age, they came from like wrestlers or, you know, like, you know, their costumes kind of, they were kind of influenced by, you know, real stuff. And I'm like, I didn't think about that. But what I started doing is I thought about these guys and I'm like, some of them have costumes that look like, you know, superhero costumes, but some of them have costumes that if you look carefully, it's like, this guy went down to the local gardening shop and bought like, you know, fishing, you know, like fishing gear, or this guy went down to the local, you know, sports store and bought like, you know, leggings and, and, and like, you know, whatever. Or this guy went down to the local sports store or camping store and bought whatever and threw it together. Or, you know, it's like a lot of their outfits are kind of based on stuff that like somebody might've ran out in a hurry and grabbed because they've never been exposed before. And suddenly they're exposed to the public and they're suddenly they're like, I got to hide my identity. So they kind of had to scramble. A lot of these guys had to scramble and put together. If they didn't already have something, which some of them did, but a lot of them didn't so some of them had to have to scramble to hide their identity so you get a little bit of that look you know like like one guy has on a lab coat and a, like a like a like a bike helmet and like and, and some and some and some motorcycle boots on yeah. i mean it's like when you look at him it's like it all comes together it looks kind of cool but yeah. it's like but if you think about it how he how came how he came about that costume is a part of who he is and you don't really think about how deep in we went to develop this character you okay. know how, how how much i thought about designing this character you know i mean it's like there's a lot of that involved in this well
0: it's funny because
1: so that's why you're getting this feeling
0: yeah well my friend like so one of the biggest problems that we had with the toby Maguire spider-man movie was uh, this like you know teenager getting the glass for the eyes even you know for the suit and the suit was incredible like don't get me wrong but it's like it yeah sure sure like something it looks like something that you know um you know Tony Stark would have developed and not right right you're a you're a poor kid you know you know living in New York City it's like it just doesn't seem possible for you know that suit and I liked how they changed it with Tom Holland because you know they you know once the last movie sorry spoilers anybody where you know Tony takes the suit away you know and then you know I guess it was the first movie he takes the suit away and then you know he's got to go back to just his you know sweatshirt and mask and you know and like little you know, uh, batting gloves even for the batting cages. And I'm like, we really like that because to us that made more sense for a, you know, 15, 16 year old kid in his financial situation in the place where he was because Tobey Maguire, mm-hmm. it, it didn't make sense. And it, you know, you talk about, you know like when you're writing a novel you, you don't want to pull your audience with something like that. One of those types mm-hmm. of details. And it, we enjoyed it. It was great, but it always stuck with us that that just yeah. didn't make sense to us. So it's funny. Now, of course I, changed yeah. That.
1: Yeah, and of course, I also built something in for problems like that. I've got a character that he's a major character in the book called The Fabricator.
0: Who oh. literally
1: he, he literally is a guy who got rich and lives in a mansion in Beverly Hills, who essentially has been secretly making technology or costumes or whatever for the right bidder if you came to him with enough money he could make anything that's his superpower yeah. actually is this ability to fabricate anything yeah. He's kind of a cross between forge yeah. of the x-men and the fixer yeah, If you yeah. remember the picture of the villain oh, okay. it's like if you cross the two of them together you get the fabricator yeah. he's this guy who can come up with anything and make it for you for the right price and he's neither good nor bad because he you know, it's like, you just come to him. It's like, so he's serviced guys who are good and guys who are bad. And it's like, again, I don't want to enforce that anyone's good or bad because in this book, anybody can do good or bad things. That's, that's kind of the whole point. But, um, but so the fabricator is this guy and he winds up working with people who are, who have, you know, more of a, more of the good interest, the interest of good, at least at the beginning of the story, he winds up working with the guys because they get attacked by guys who are definitely not having the best interests of the overall good. Um, in the first issue, you know, um, so he's kind of winds up on working with working with the good guys at the at the beginning. In fact, in the sec in this second issue, you'll see that you know one of our main characters, the Black Ghost, he gives him he gives him a suit upgrade, which is like, Scott, are you talking about the whole Tobey Maguire thing? It's like, he gives him a suit upgrade, you know, he actually gives it to him in the second issue and he gets his permanent suit right there. And it's like, that's, that's how I want to explain how you get a suit. You know, it's like, boom, I put that right in the second issue. Kind of like, It's like, so some of the, some of the suits that people might have would have come from him, but some of these guys they are wearing construction worker suits, you know, electricians, gloves, whatever, you know, it's like, it's
0: The the second major image you showed for the first book, I believe, or maybe it was the first, uh, maybe one of the issues, but I know it was like the second thing I had seen. I was like, Oh, this is really cool. And you shared some of the art, but there was one, I think it was like a cover or something like that. And I specifically remember like one of the guys having like gloves like that. And I was like, those gardener gloves and then i really started to think about it i was like yeah. of course yeah, they it's are probably
1: alloy it's get it's electricians those it's those kind of like oh, leathery that's, electrician that's cool. gloves yeah yeah cool.
0: See, that and makes- there are
1: guys there are guys with gardener gloves too they're a little yeah. they're slightly different because there is a guy called the barrier and he wears like it's kind of like you know like a waders that a fisherman would wear and a t-shirt and he's got like a hanging mask on that hangs down over his face and um and, and he's got like these, the, the, like the big boots that fishermen wear and like overalls. And he's called the barrier. And his, <laughs> I do a little play on words with the names all the time. And it's looks like it's totally it's intentional. Yeah. The, guy's, the guy's real name that, you know, like people don't necessarily know, but his, his real name is Doug Graves. And he's actually a grave digger. I'm like, I just totally play. I just like totally riff on it. I'm like, I'm just going to have fun with this guy. and He's just a bad guy. Um, but he moves earth. He like, like, like oh, literally moves Earth way in waves. There's a, big, there's a big picture I've been sharing around a bit on Facebook of Fortress, um, who is she's just like this kind of like normal redheaded girl. But she basically she's like, imagine if Colossus could transform. But instead of turning iron, he turns into like a castle wall, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. And he becomes like nine feet tall you know, he's like a castle wall, solid, you know, that's what Fortress is. Oh, that's and, cool. she, and she, and she, and she's triggered, but she's a little bit like the Hulk and like the Hulk is triggered by rage, but she's triggered by fear, Oh, you know? It's, so it's a defensive mechanism almost, but she, but she's, um, and she's called Fortress.
0: Oh, that's cool. That's a cool. so been... point too. I feel like, cause there are a lot of times right where she could get triggered and not necessarily. And I, that's the thing about the Hulk. Is oh yeah. Like yeah, like, yeah angry, like, but well, fear, she's, I like fear. fear she's
1: difference. got, she's got, she's got a very dark background too. There's also some very deep, dark backgrounds. Some of these characters, um, Wild Swan has a very deep, dark, sad background. Wild Swan, is, you see her a lot. She's the character. She's kind of um, She she would look, you know, if you described her, she would look like a um, kind of a, a, a small, beautiful. Asian like like model, you know, kind of thing, but with beautiful big white wings, which would mean she would never have been able to hide out, you know, as a superpowered individual, which means that she had to live in a small town that they have um, where spies who could not hide among society during the time they were being kept hidden by Dr. Anonymous. He couldn't hide all of them. So there's a place where some of them had to go and they'd have to stay hidden. And and that town fabricator created a device that kept it cloaked, sort of like you. If you went through that town, you'd come out the other end and you wouldn't remember you were there kind of thing. So but she came from there because she was unwanted by her parents when Dr. Anonymous, when she was born, it created anything was created publicly that exposed superpowered individuals. Dr. Anonymous would show up and then make it somehow magically unhappen. If buildings were destroyed, if people were hurt or killed, he would make all of that unhappen. Like people were resurrected and stuff. Nobody knews How does he have this? What is his power? Where does this come from? Where does he come from? Yeah. You know, who is he and what is, how does he do all this stuff? But this would, this is what would happen. So if something happened like that, like someone was, someone had a child who was born with wings, it's going to be in the news, right? Yeah, yeah. Dr. Anonymous shows up and says to the parents, okay, I'm going to make this unhappen. but here's your choice. You can go and live with your child in this hidden town and raise her as your own, or you can give her up and I take her to this town and you'll forget all about her. And they chose to give her up. Hmm. So he had to take her to this town and she basically comes in there foundling. And yep. that's how she was raised by other people in this town. Um but she looks, you know, she looks like she's this like, you know, like sweet little delicate Asian, you know, girl and whatever you think she's going to be one thing. But what happens is she's this, she's just like, she is this cigar smoking, she smokes cigars, drinks whiskey, plays poker and cheats and cusses like a sailor she is and she kicks ass she is not what you think she looks like you know she does not she breaks the stereotypes completely yeah. you know it's like just like she breaks out of that and she's kind of a fun character both to use and to read about yeah um she's a lot of fun but uh, but i do a little bit of that play with stuff like that but there but there's some dark backgrounds i fortress's background is maybe i don't know who's darker fortress's background is kind of dark too but in a different way you yeah know? yeah
0: I like when you have to think about it though yeah like yeah yeah because they both sound really interesting and especially for her with the whole like parent thing I just think that you know like from a writing standpoint I think a lot of people will be able to connect with that type of character in one way or another you know just because of just that aspect and you know, can't change anything about her so you know the fact that the no. is very interesting so.
1: and, the, and the thing of it is you don't have in the middle of, in the middle of a comic book you know it's like these are, these are 32 page comics. You don't have the opportunity to get into all of that in the middle of like, I drop you right into the middle of action and there's stuff going on and you can only expose their personalities and their characteristics through this action. So you have little bits and there's enough characters that you can only expose a little bit of who they are as stuff is happening. You don't have a chance to go, oh, well, you know, when I was born, blah, blah, blah. It's like, not that she would even tell anybody this. Yeah. So, um, I'm like, you know, eventually this would come out in the story, it would roll out and gradually you'd find out about it over a period of issues. Um, so that's what's going to happen. But in the meantime, you created this. Yeah. put this in front of the camera.
0: Oh, Class nice. File, great, handbook.
1: Great. This is a thing that you can you kind of, you know, all the characters, oh, look, there's a barrier. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what I was talking about with the waiters over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this basically kind of shows you the characters that you meet in the first issue. There's Fortress Transforming. Um, it basically a thing i created. And this was just a, this was just a, as a 24 page, um, this was a stretch goal. <laughs> I Every page has original, uh, a piece of original art on it, plus some pieces from the comic book. And it kind of gives you a little bit of that story about some of these characters. So you get a little bit of their background right up front. So you can kind of yeah. familiarize yourself with the character if you're interested in that. If you want it, it came in, and I've got it you know as part of I actually made it an add-on with the second with the second kickstarter um, so that you know people can go oh, I can catch up and really know about these characters a little bit more than I will know just from the comic immediately you know I can know this now rather than wait for it to unroll in the story and it can you know kind of help you fill in some of the stuff that you can kind of know about them here you know if you don't want to wait for it to unroll in the story as the story unfolds but i, I just thought game. that might be kind of a fun thing to have on hand you know really? i see a lot of guys do this and i personally freaking love it i mean if you look i still have these <laughs> you know if you remember oh, back have, in the right? day you know i still i still have those I have some reason, though, <laughs> even ones. though they're even they're completely outdated now and they yeah. absolutely mean nothing because everything's changed yeah, yeah, yeah. but um I but, but, the yeah
0: wildcats one there's like three from the wildcats there's um oh it's like one of the first uh midnighters too um i had one of those for the midnighter so
1: well a lot of indie guys are doing them i mean almost um, most of the indie guys are doing them for their own universes and i pick up every one of them i grab them in fact roy johnson has a kickstarter running for his right now for standard comics okay um he's got one right now he's trying to get he's coming it's winding down pretty soon for standard comics he's got he's up to like the third or fourth one for his oh, wow. um standard comics encyclopedia um which i like to get his because his are really nice oh, Okay. um he really out. does a nice job on them yeah yeah but but yeah there's a lot of a lot of these um are coming out and people people just know that it's it's something that people a lot of people really enjoy i know i dig them
0: but oh yeah 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 like I said, I still have mine. So if they if they gave them to me, I, I had them, especially because they would you know, hand them out at the comic shop with, you know, just whatever your issue was that week. And the funny thing is, is like you said, like a lot of people probably didn't save them. So that's kind of uh,
1: That's kind of, that's kind of funny. I'm like, can't even imagine not having saved these things, man.
0: The art is like always really good. So for me, I always just kept the art and some of them, I, right, I right, right. they would give me another one the next week, or if I went back that week. And I would literally keep one with all the comics. I would just, you know, put it in like together just so I would have just as a keepsake. And then the other one I would actually cut and I'd use them as bookmarks or-
1: Sure, yeah. You do that too. Absolutely.
0: Uh, I guess we, we actually covered quite a bit so far, so I guess we can move on to one of the other questions.
1: <laughs> yeah, we we, a we, ble- of we questions. kind of blew, pa- I think we kind of, I think we, think we kind of blew away from my writing journey after.
0: Well, you know, but you know, there's a, so here's my thing. And a lot of people ask me, and I'm intending this podcast for people like me who are in the process of finishing their first piece of you know work, whether or not right, it's a right. novel, you know, whether or not, you know, it's, it's writing something like, I'm done with my first draft of my book one. I got a bunch of others that I need to finish up for draft, but that one, like I just, it's interesting because you brought up a lot of different things just for character development, you know, Um, you know, even just like with the names of your characters, that's something that I do. Um, You know, so a lot of little interesting pieces that I feel, you know, this isn't really for me, like a beginner podcast. It's more of a journeyman podcast. And I, we've gone over a lot of stuff that, you know, to me, like has really even helped me with my writing and thought process for characters and stuff like that. So I feel like we're on the right track. So um, I guess the biggest thing I would really like to know after what we've talked about so far is really going to be, what do you find the similarities are and differences between writing? Because I'm still, uh, I still have your um, epic fantasy in my cart actually. Um, Ah, First graphic novel. Um, So again, that's going to be in my video, my next video for for us, for promoing your Kickstarter uh, and your other, you know, products. But Oh, me like that was really interesting to be your Facebook friend and talk to you about that journey a little bit, you know, on Facebook. But then to find out that you know, really, you know, comics is also where you're at. And to me, like that was really, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm
1: I, I'm bi-literal.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm by <laughs> Yeah, you're in both categories. I mean, uh-huh. they're huge yeah. for India. Uh, I mean.
1: Um, I always wanted to be a novelist. Even before I thought I wanted to make comics, I think even though I was making comics first, probably I wanted to be a novelist. So um, I had this idea when I was a teenager for this epic fantasy series, and I have all these other ideas for novel, but for novels now I have um, I have like a full cocktail of neurodiversities. Um, I have um, I have ADHD. I have extreme anxiety or extreme panic disorder. Um, they think I'm on the spectrum um, I have a lot of a lot of mental stuff. Um, so sometimes it's really hard for me to stay focused on stuff and and, get, and and novels take a lot of focus for a long period of time.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so it's very hard for me. I actually got my first novel out. Um, in this trilogy in this epic fantasy trilogy <clears throat> and it did all right. Um, I haven't been able to finish the second novel. I'm like two-thirds of the way there um and I've got the cover it's gorgeous it looked great. It looked did, really yeah great. yeah I just have to finish that. And then of course the third book will be a breeze. I think after I get the second one, the second one is the big meaty chunky one. Yeah, yeah. Cause that's the one where everything kind of switches corners and, yeah. and it's like, it's out, a, like oh, I left
0: it. <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll see. I, the, I, I give them, I give them the zinger at the end of the first, at the end of the first book. And the second book is like, now we're rebuilding into a new direction. And then the third book is, you know, of course the conclusion to everything. Um, but, um, there's been a lot happened between the first book and the second book. Pandemic, a lot of health, a lot of health issues in my family. Um, I had a death in the family. I had, um, my sister had a stroke. My sister who's basically been like my mother because I was orphaned at 20. Both of my parents died within a couple of months of, well, about six months apart. Um, and so my sister, who's been kind of like a mother to me, had a stroke and her husband who's been like a father to me had his vocal cords removed and can no longer speak. Um, And this was all um, right before or right at the beginning of the pandemic. And then we had a freaking pandemic. Yeah. And in the meantime, meantime I had a lot of panic attacks, <clears throat> including, you know, being in the hospital. Also had some stomach stuff happen, like some pancreas stuff. My girlfriend had an emergency appendectomy in the middle of pandemic. My daughter had a hospitalization. My daughter had a hospitalization. i had take her to the hospital for um, something. Well, what did hers turn out to be? Was it her gallbladder or something i mean i don't know it's just been boom 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 again i've been getting and this started way before the pandemic all of these things started happening going back even further and it's like all of this has just kept me from being able to even get that second book out i've been getting hit by just thing after thing after thing and you take the pandemic out of the picture and yeah. all the madness in the world which is not good for my head anyway oh, yeah, yeah. or anybody else's head you know yeah. and 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 we you know you know we're 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 very lucky in that none of us have had COVID so even taking COVID out of the picture
0: no yeah, it yeah. has
1: not been a smooth time <laughs> yeah so um does it
0: make for a good writing psyche does
1: not make does not make for a good time for you to put your brain in you know um i've had a rough time um in other ways as well so um so it's just been really rough and that is actually harder on the novel writing than it is on the comic writing but it hasn't you know so the comics have been a little easier to move forward with but the comics were kind of like, here's the thing about comics is you write them and then you sit back and you wait while someone draws them,
0: yeah, inks
1: yeah. them and colors them and letters them. So you might have two or three of those in the can and then you're, you, you have the luxury of being able to kind of like wait for people to get those done. Yeah. Like I have a steampunk comic, which is gorgeous. Oh, cool if I could share that, wow, I cannot wait to share that. That's like, that 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 one, I'm like, that's the one that people are going to go really crazy for. Oh, you know, cool. Spice Among Us is a great, you know, for, for people who like superhero type books, yeah, yeah, yeah. but this, but this steampunk book is just like amazing. You know, um,
0: different people there, right? Yeah, that's fantasy, sci-fi, historical. Yeah,
1: people. that's, and it's amazing. It's really amazing. And it's a great story. Um, and that one, we've just gotten the first issue to the point where it's going to be ready. We know now before the end of the year. So I'm going to start showing that in Mar- I've, sh- I've shown some. There's a little bit on my on Don't the popsicle page. There's a little bit of stuff showing. But, um, but to be able to start showing the pages and a little bit talk about it a little bit more, that's gonna to start to happen. But it
0: sounds like um, you need to schedule one for later on, you know, uh, once Yeah. one comes along. Yeah, I don't wanna
1: just, I, I was trying to jam it up and I was thinking of doing them back to back, and then I realized this Kickstarter is kicking my butt. And I'm like, I don't think I got the, I don't think I got the energy right now. I mean, one thing the pandemic did do to me is take a lot of wind out of my sails, just energy wise. I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, most of us do. Right. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I can't walk anymore. <laughs> I'm like, I, I I've lost, I've lost like the, the ability to just get up and just go for a walk. It's like, I I, I I'm like, that's happened. Um, So but the, but you know so so that so i guess that's kind of the difference is that you know comics in a way are a little bit easier to they're easy a little bit easier on the writing side but the production let's get to the production <laughs> you know when you write a novel you send it to your editor it comes back maybe you you know you get a cover you know it's edited you do your edits you publish it yeah done you know, comic books. You write it. Send it to an artist. You hope he turns in what you wrote. You hope he turns it in on time. You hope he turns it in at all. Then you send it to an anchor. If you're doing, if you're if you're doing pencil ink, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's the same guy. Sometimes it's not. Depends on who you're working with yeah. and what you're doing. You know. Then you're back to you hope he turns it in. You hope he turns it in on time. <laughs> you <laughs> hope he does a good job. Then you're back to, then you go to a colorist. Then you're back to. You hope he does the work. You hope he does it, and you got to work. And you're managing, you're managing budgets and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you're managing all of that. So then you go to the letterer, and it's like, okay, you you know, you got to make sure everything's where you need it to be. Make sure you know you got to get proofread all of that stuff. And you got, then you got to Kickstarter it if you're gonna if you're doing Kickstarter, you're going that way that's a whole nother thing. Promotions and marketing. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. I'm like, I am not good at that. So I'm trying to figure out how to get better at that. Cause yeah. I am, that's oddly enough. I've spent most of my life is a 30 years as a professional writer and editor. A lot of that has had to do with marketing promotions and advertising. And yet I can't do it for my own stuff. Not, 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 not as effectively as I feel like I should. So I'm like, I'm going, okay, I gotta be able to do better.
0: So, you I'm trying not to alone there, my friend. <laughs> That's what, right. No, it's like for
1: some reason, if you gave me something and you said, I really want to market this, I'd be like, boom, hm, I know exactly what to do. Let me take it and run with it. But it's like my own thing. And I'm going, um, uh, you know, uh, um, this is great. I mean, this is wonderful. I believe in it. This yeah. is an amazing thing. Trust me. I do know this is good stuff. But how do I say that to other people without sounding, you know, arrogant? Or something. And I'm like, well, why should be, why shouldn't I be arrogant about this? I know this is good, you know, but it's like, how do you do that? Like, where do I find that line? It's like, I know that I've got a great story to tell and I know it's fun. And I know that I know people are going to really love it when they, when they, when they read this thing and where, where it takes them and when they get to the end, they're going to be like, this is, this is like one of the coolest things. And it's like, and I know this and it's like, and I want to say this to people, but I'm like, I'm like, I'm so afraid of, A, I'm afraid of spoiling things, Oh yeah, yeah. you know, I'm always afraid I'm going to spoil something. So I hold maybe a little too much back, you know, but at the same time, like, you, it's like, how do you sell something without spoiling something? It's like, you know, yeah. it's like finding that, finding that line. But, um, but so all of that, so comic books, you think on the surface, you think, oh, okay, comic book, it's like, it's just a 32 page thing you write so much easier than writing a, you know, a 500 page epic fantasy, right? Oh, no, you know, the writing part of the epic, epic that is harder Make, make no mistake about it. That's that's a hard thing to focus on, you know, for 500 pages or whatever, 500, 600 pages. That's harder to do. But comic book, you might get the writing done. But when you consider how hard it is to actually get the thing actually produced, finished, done, complete out the door. I would put them about equal.
0: Well, it's like a group project in college, right? Like, you know, that's my friend was saying with his Kickstarter, you know, he was like trying to get everything going. And I was like, you know, trying to, I was ready to buy and everything. And he was like, you know what, we had to, we had to stop. He's like, people, you know, because of the pandemic, like one of the artists like had COVID. Uh-huh. And then, you know, the. Yes. You know, yeah. Right. And, right. Right. And like her family had COVID. So it was like his production. i had that you know? too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he think he ate maybe like a thousand bucks, but he's like, there's no way we're going to be able to finish on time and you know he's like it's like a group project in college you know he's like i can't do the next part until you know i get their work and right he said he was like i because i asked him because he was really complaining because he also did epic fantasy which is kind of funny and um he was like i think i would rather do that process even though i hated it he's like but at least it's on me at the end of the day and he's like it is an intimate project he felt but he was like also he's like because you know he can only kick himself for the epic fantasy but you know, like he can, you know, do whatever when it comes to editor and stuff, I guess, but or beta readers. But, you know, he's like, this graphic novel is a group project. And, you know, it's just Yeah,
1: and it, and it has been tough. I've had that um with artists who like, you know, I'm, so, I'm sorry, like, you know, my girlfriend's got COVID, you know, yeah, yeah, or yeah. or something, you know, well, I've got COVID. And it's like, you know, it's like, God, just take care of yourself, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You and know, get your health
1: true. straightened out, you know, you, yeah. you got to deal with that first. Yeah, yeah. know and it's like well the project is you know it's delayed like this book i mean this 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 the second issue of spies the plan for this (laughs) the plan for this was to kickstarter it in the spring which is a much better time to do a kickstarter than friggin' august (laughs) august is apparently the worst time of the of the year to kickstarter anything and i'm like i don't
0: know why
1: october's worse
0: that's what people were telling me because um like michael r fletcher so he was, I think he, that's when he did, I think that's when he did his first one was like before yeah. Halloween. And he thought, like, you know, cause he does grim dark fantasy that it would be like a yeah. really good time. And he was like, him and a couple of people were telling me on, you know, personally and on their podcast for Wizards, Warriors, and Words are like, this was a horrible plan, you know, like, <laughs> like uh. you're going right before the holidays when people are buying stuff, you know. For oh, yeah. Christmas. And, you know, it's right after, you know, I don't know. I don't know what was up with after Labor Day, but. Maybe it's August to November. I don't know. You know, it's
1: weird because my first one, I started out at the very end of July and it ran into the early part of September. No problems at all. Right through through August, no problems at all. But this one I started, you know, like August 10th. So maybe it's like if you start before August... Even if it does run through August, you're okay. I don't know if it's the fact that I started in August that I'm sort of running slow. I've still got two weeks. I'm only $600 from goal, you know? I'm like, you know.
0: Interesting though. Like, is it because kids are going back to school and family, like some people are in school. Maybe they're just busy with emails and stuff and miss it. Like it's- it's
1: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I have heard that August is the month that like doctors and lawyers are all out of town on vacation. I don't know if they're buying comic books or not. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, I really don't know. Maybe that's just the thing. I don't know. Um, But yeah, so it's like, but but yeah, it's, it's, it's really, you know, there's a lot more management and hands on and getting content done than there is when you're just writing a book, you just write the book, you know, yeah. but, but that's not, and that's not to say that that's an easy thing
0: No, no at no. all. Yeah. You know? And I think that's where, I think I talked to a couple of years when we first came Facebook friends about like, you know, I really wanted to do a graphic novel. I wanted to do one like Diablo, you know, like the original mm-hmm. game where literally it's a dungeon crawler, like you got these three heroes, you know, they knew each other from like they're veterans and one of them's a rogue goes down right. like they, he's like visiting, you know, his blacksmith friend, the next thing you know, he sets like all the demons loose and then they have to go down and rescue people and do stuff. And I was like, this sounds like such a good plan. And then I started talking to people and I was like, I don't know if this would be a better graphic novel or a better book, because I was right. just like, I feel like with my schedule, I just won't be able to, you know, to match up with other people. Uh, so I'm still kind of thinking about that one, that particular story, but it, it's interesting you say it. Cause I've talked to quite a few. Sounds people. like
1: a good story. I mean, I'm I still think it sounds like a good man, story. It's man. just, it's work
0: it's yeah it's all it work
1: man it's I was a lot like, of
0: work we're trying to have a baby this year so i was like i think it's whoa <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I think it's gonna be like a, you know when they're in school type of thing <laughs> you know like yeah it's, it's yeah all- you know. but my friend was like we could also do the you know the book and then if people like it or don't he's like it could also be an ace in the hole as a graphic novel he's like you could fix it or whatever and then you know kind of change it but it was interesting though
1: people do it but you know it depends i mean if you've got a good following if you've got a good fan following they might support you right into whatever you know yeah
0: yeah never know Um,
1: you you just you know you won't know until you do it that's the thing oh yeah yeah
0: yeah i just uh, i always always think like i always see yours and everything or last couple years i'm like man that's just like i told my wife i said at some point i said depending on what you know Obviously, like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna rapid release um, next year, like at least four. Um, and I'm just like, you know, you just never know, you know, like what your, what could happen if I don't have a lot of, you know, responsibilities towards different people and stuff. I, I might actually just take a break and then, you know, try to do the graphic novel. So it's yeah. crazy When you think about all yeah. that,
1: that's the tough thing too. It's like you know, you're, you're, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something that not everybody can do. And I'm not even sure how much longer I can do it. And that's that I've been fronting, you know, a lot of people go to Kickstarter and go, you know, we want to make this comic and we need your money to make it. I've been going to Kickstarter and going, this book is already made. So you can support it with the full knowledge that this is already done. And you're going to get it like right away Yeah, yeah. in the future. I might have to, you know, like I've got the third issues already drawn too. So it's like, this is the second issue. The third issue is already drawn. So that's like, you know that at least through the third issues is already made. After that, I might have to be coming in like everybody else and saying, okay, now we need you to support us to make the comic yeah, the, yeah. Next, the next issue, you know, like everybody else. And of course, we've already proven that we can deliver. You yeah. know, by then we'll have proven that we've, del- we've delivered three issues. It's not like we're not going to deliver. Um, but we need you to give us the money that we need to produce the comic. And then that's when it's going to, we're going to have to ask for more money because basically I've been I've been at my goal money has been basically, you know, this pays for a little bit of what I put out. You yeah, know, yeah, this yeah. does not cover. I'm eating a lot of money on yeah, these yeah. things. Basically, I'm like, I'm a, I'm willing to do that to get this introduced to the market. Yeah. And then maybe once we've got people to discover it once i've got people you know get more and more people aware of the product no yeah yeah then i can go out and say to them okay now we need you to help us to really pay to make these
0: yeah you yeah. know well, because that's it's like-, like
1: it's not it's not that cheap
0: no no know? that's like one of the guys i was like you know grabbed his um graphic uh like his first comic and i was really expecting like number 2 and i mean this has been you know obviously stuff's happened because of the pandemic but i'm like i'm ready for issue 2 and i mean it was like a great great first issue and you know he's like well you know we're doing these other things i need more time i'm like well whenever you do you know get it going i'm like i need issue too because <laughs> it was a great character a great fantasy setting and it's kind of it reminded me of like old school conan with robert e howard and oh yeah yeah, he had yeah a very interesting um character and i'm hoping to have him on at some point so i'm not going to say who it is but um i'm gonna try and go back through with this product and promo it but it was really good and it's interesting that you said that because i believe he did the same thing um with his group and i i, I know he did really well on the first one but again you know like you were saying like stuff happens but i i do i do believe you though where you know if you can get people you know they'll come back for, like me i'm ready to come back for another issue and you know it could be a year later i have this other one that i was looking at and I'm like if they do a second one, I'll be doing the same thing. So yeah, I definitely yeah. think that that's true. Yeah. People
1: people yeah. like it I want, Yeah, I mean, I wanted to build that trust And That was kind of my plan in the beginning. Is like let me let me make sure that people understand that we're serious here, yeah. and that and that we can deliver the product. And yeah. it's like before I start going out and just going, hey, we've got we've got a comic idea that we want to put together, and we're gonna ask you for money. It's like now let me show you that we've got a comic. And then, you know, when we get to that point where we need to ask you for money, (laughs) you know, it's like we can say, hey, look, we've already got a couple of things here. And now we're asking you for the money to make the next thing, you know, the next issue. You know, it's like now there's already a series running. It's not just something out of the blue. You know, this is already here. just seems to make sense to me. You
0: know. yeah I, I like that type of strategy it definitely um like I guess I haven't really asked people you know that's what other people I know a few people that that's what they specifically told me they were doing
1: um yeah, yeah. I was
0: like, the one I was like this is a cool comic I'm like I'm gonna buy it and I was like especially because it's somebody you know people I know I'm like that's definitely gonna be something that I do um so yeah that's where you know I'm excited to get yours and check them out and everything yeah so thanks cool we you were doing you know other issues and stuff so i was like oh cool my wife's like that's the guy that you're gonna buy the book from right the epic fantasy i was like yes that's the same guy <laughs> so she's like it's been part yeah, a while cool. i'm like i know i'm like it's just like you know every time i go it's like something happens and i'm just like oh, i got to get Alan's book. <laughs> I told him, like, I'm just going to give it at the same time this week. Uh, this Saturday is my birthday. So I was like... Hey, oh, happy birthday. Thank you. I was like... You know, Wait, this
1: <laughs> Saturday? Oh, you're pretty close to me. My oh, birthday's really? a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm just a couple weeks away.
0: Oh, I'm in okay. September,
1: early yeah. September. Yeah. When is yours? Nine, uh, the
0: 13th. Oh, okay, cool. So that's uh, a yeah. day after uh, one of my really good friends from high school. She's the 12th. So that's what really yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel it's like It's a birthday time of the year. Yeah, I feel like everybody's got between us. I just met, like, the fifth person ever um, in person that has my same birthday, and ha. I know everybody after us, and then, you know, like, end September, I'm like, yeah, me too, <laughs> but ours is, ours is well, pretty funny.
1: it's funny, because so. well, my son is, uh, his birthday's on
0: 9-11. Oh, wow.
1: That's his birthday. Yeah. That's kind of funny. He
0: changed it. He was like, he was like, I just can't, like, you know, he had, like, uh unfortunately um had like a a uncle that passed away um Mm. because he was a firefighter and you know he just couldn't handle all the you know the smoke and the chemicals and stuff Uh, yeah yeah, and he was like i'm my birthday is the 12th from now on i'm like i get it you know i'm I'm like i I totally understand so yeah that's uh that's interesting well tell him i also said uh happy early birthday that's awesome (laughs) fun to see how many people are between me and and you (laughs) i feel like that's so funny uh anything else any other comments or anything like that you want to share with me
1: um i don't know i mean did did i did i did i did i really tell you about the book i mean i guess you know about the book so
0: So, sorry so i the only one i didn't send you sorry was this is the part for the actual promo itself because uh if you just send me the links and everything i'm going to put them in the um the comment section for the youtube gotcha Uh, okay (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, like I said, it was been a really crazy day. Yeah, so this would be that yeah, no, time to tell us exactly what product you have, where we can find it. Obviously, I'll have all the links and everything set up. And I'm doing a, a TikTok and BookTok uh, campaign from now until your Kickstarter is done. Awesome. So,
1: Very cool, man. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be on there on my Twitter. Um, so I'll be tagging you and stuff like that. And we'll just get as many people as we can to, you know, to share. That's it. Awesome. Hopefully we'll get you over. So if you want to tell everybody now exactly what your product is and, you know, where we can find it. And then, like I said, it'll be in the notes and a few other places where the podcast. Yeah. Is,
1: so. um, right now um, the thing that we're, you know, we're trying to do is get over the hump on the spies among us. The second issue Kickstarter um, we're like 70, almost 75% funded because of about two weeks left in the campaign. Um, and it's the second issue Um, basically what happens with spies among us is we we drop into it's essentially supposed to be our world and it's 2012 it's a little bit of what we like to call an epic superhero mystery um superpowered individuals have existed among us for as long as we have existed Um, mythology is not really fantasy like we think it is it was real um you know greek gods norse gods or whatever they were superpowered individuals we just call them myths you know because that's what we thought they were they thought that they thought that they thought they were gods but um they were actually superpowered individuals um but when we get to the modern times the time of um you know uh mass media um it became more evident that uh people like that would be exposed to the public as, as a reality and not as a myth. And then at that point in time, a man named Dr. Anonymous rose and began to hide them somehow with this amazing mystical power that nobody knew how it happened. Um, spies, other spies, superpowered individuals kind of describe his ability as it's like he opens the sky or something. Um, and then he undoes whatever happens. If a public, event occurs where spies are exposed to the public, he shows up and he makes it unhappen. And everything goes back to normal. And the only people who remember that an event happened are spies. It's like if you caught it on camera, it disappears. It's like it never happened. If you caught it on tape or film, if it was recorded, if people saw it, if a whole bunch of people saw it, it just never happened. How does this happen? He's been doing this since, you know, for a while. But what happens is one day in 2012, he doesn't show up after an event that exposes superpowered individuals to the public. And they call it the exposure event. In other words, the first event where superpowered individuals become publicly exposed and he doesn't show up and undo it. And it's like, what happened? Did he die? was there foul play you know we don't know what happened so it's mysterious he mysteriously vanishes and the public finds out about superpowered individuals which they have always found out but he's always undone it yeah. but he doesn't show up and then weeks go by and the public is losing their minds they're freaking out they're like not only do they find out that there have been these people living among us but they they've been hide that one of them has been hiding them and they're freaking out they want to know what's going on
0: yeah
1: so there's a group of them that kind of pulls together and go we're going to go find him but there's also other factions that kind of don't want him found because they like the fact that now they can come out and operate and do whatever they want to do some of them for the best and some of them not for the best so there's all these factions forming there's public things um and basically, so there's a lot of chaos that they're having to fight through. And then somebody kills one of them.
0: Oh.
1: And the question is, is the public starting to kill them because they are afraid of them? Or is it one of their own? Yeah. Who's killing them? Who's going to start killing spies? Is this going to be, a, is this becoming, does this become a pattern? So this group that has to find him, there's a little more urgency to it. Like we need to find him so we can put the, They're hoping that he can put the genie back in the bottle yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Um, but in the meantime, they've got their hands full because they're being attacked by the public and sometimes by each other. So there's a lot going on. There's, there's spies, spies fighting spies, there's public attacking spies, and there's just a group of them. They really just want to go look for Dr. Anonymous and they find something that one of them kind of exposes that none of them even knew about at the end of the first issue. He kind of blows open the door on the fact that there's something that none of them knew about except for him you know Blinker kind of exposes something that that, that that none of them really knew about that like oh my god if we have to find Dr. Anonymous we may never find him yeah. you know it's like it's like you know if you think about looking for a needle in a haystack this would be like looking for a needle in infinite haystacks um, so that's where we kind of left off the end of the first issue. The second issue, we're sort of basically picking up there, and then we start to find other things. This is where we start to learn about that hidden town where Wild Swan comes oh, yeah. from. We get the look, we get our first look at that, and this is where we introduce Point and Pendulum as they're going to become part of this journey to find Doctor Anonymous. Um, we get a look at the fact we get that 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 thing where the fabricator exposes that he so cool. creates suits that that little that little tidbit comes in and um, oh and we start to begin to expose something with the court of justice and there's 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 a little kind of a human exposure here about how people are reacting to them on more of a personal level because the court of justice is this group formed by the government that goes out their specific mission is to hunt down spies and either make them come to work for the government or arrest them and bring them back someplace now someplace shows up in number three number three you'll find out that there are a whole bunch of spies being held at a particular location that you didn't know about
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah, and that gets interest that's going to be really interesting and really weird that's where things get really really interesting really weird it also becomes a whole divergent thing with for all of them um but um Yeah, so that starts to happen, but it opens up a very human reaction to why to to how the public sees spies um, is exposed in this one. So there's so there's a little bit of that going on. You get a little bit of that and that begins to start down another path and another journey that's a part of the whole big picture. Um, So we are we are getting little bits, little bits of hints a little bit, little bit more putting together a little bit more yeah. of the world at the same time starting to drop in a little more of this there's a lot of hints along the way that are going to actually start to add up and come together as we get to what actually happened to Dr. Anonymous oh that's cool or what didn't happen to him
0: yeah,
1: yeah. And why he cool. stopped or why he disappeared yeah. or where he is yeah. you know
0: I'm I've, I've sold <laughs> I haven't mean, sold since you know I knew you were doing it um, yeah. but where, where can people, like I said, I'm going to put everything in the notes. Sorry, we're just running out of time for the spot. Oh, sure. uh, yeah. Where can they find your product? I'll obviously put them in the notes, but I just was trying to direct them towards any social media thing, anything like that for you just to help out. So
1: the first issue of Kickstarter, uh, i the first issue of, um, spies among us is on IndiePlanet.com. Oh, cool. Um, the second issue is currently running on Kickstarter for two more weeks. Um, and there is the source book. Which is an add-on. You can also get the first issue as an add-on. Oh, cool! Um, there are some amazing variant covers um, on the Kickstarter. Plus, there's some stretch goal stuff. There's also an option to be to have your likeness appear in a future issue oh, of that's Spies cool. as a spy. You know, just as that's a cameo. Um, that's an option that's in there. Cool. Um, we had a couple people have. Have that done from the first one. Yeah, yeah. And we've got a couple of really neat spies that came out of that that are going to show up in a future issue. Um, so there's going to be that option still. It's still in there. Um, there's a couple in there left, um, but it's on Kickstarter right now. Um, Indie Planet has the first issue. The source book will also be on Indie Planet. The second issue um, is on Kickstarter and like i said add-ons galore there are some there there are a few things we're going to also offer some uh, pdf bundles oh cool and probably some trading cards oh. as well for stretch goals yeah we're going to do a little, little bit of trading cards we haven't shown any of the stretch goal stuff because you know we're, we're not even at goal you know
0: yet yeah yeah, but, yeah. Uh, But we're we're going to go out and buy it now so I get my trading cards. Okay. Yeah. We're going to,
1: we're going to, we're going to, we're going to put those together and show those probably over the, uh, over the next few days here. So, so we can show some stuff.
0: All right. Well, I really appreciate you having, you know, uh, the time to come and, you know, speak with me today. I've been wanting to talk to you you. for quite a while. So, thank you. Thank you. Perfect. Uh, And once again, for our audience, so we want to thank you guys for tuning in to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast. Uh, You can find Alan's links. um, This is going to be on YouTube, so I'll put uh, all his products and things that uh, him and I can put in there for you guys. It'll be right in the notes. Um, You can go to my website. That'll be another one. Um, We have a new page that we're putting up actually this weekend um, for this podcast, and we're going to showcase your work and all those links um, until the, the goal is met or until that Kickstarter is done. Um, We'll be on Twitter, Facebook, um, and Spotify for this podcast. So we really hope to, you know, help you just push over that 600, and, you know, maybe we'll get a Dirk Ashton situation where you get to 12,000 over, which would be great. So (laughs) that'd be amazing. (laughs) We're going to do our best.
1: (laughs) Thanks, man. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you need anything else, just let me know. And uh, like I said, we'll uh, we'll probably be – I'll have my tech guy look at this, we'll probably be separating this into two episodes, uh, which would be even better because then, you know, get more exposure and stuff like that. So uh, before we put this on that way, you know, you can let everybody know and we'll just work on the, you know, social media campaign the next uh, couple weeks together. So I'm hoping to have this up actually by uh, uh, Sunday morning, actually. uh, Wonderful.
1: And if you need anything else from me, or if, you, if you're looking back at it, you, go. Oh, you know what we need to do? Let me know. Yeah, and, I'll send uh, an email, um,
0: a little bit, uh, a message on Facebook. Any links or anything you have, that way we can just put it all together in the same. Yeah, box. yeah. Awesome. I'll try to.
1: I'll try to try to pull it all together. I've got a lot. Yeah, of, yeah, Like a- I'm like I'm not always. I don't always keep every link that I've got up to, as up to date because I can't keep up. I with found the a couple because, you of
0: yours already. Me, right? So what I'll do is I'll share them with you and then just see if those are the best ones. Uh, Cause again, we just want to help you yeah. help people get to the best spot for you. So.
1: Yeah. 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 My ADD brain is bad.
0: So. <laughs> I got you. I'm, I'm pretty organized. That's why this morning I was like, oh man, like, dealing with work. And I was like, I was supposed to send this to him on my clock by like, you know, three hours beforehand. And I was just on the phone yeah. with for three hours. So yeah, I was, glad no. me today, so.
1: And I was running late and I was going, oh man, I'm going to be like five minutes late. I'm like, where are the hamsters? Get the hamsters out, man. Wake them up. <laughs>
0: All, All right, right, my friend, well, I got to get going. I got another interview pretty soon, but uh, oh gosh. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll get everything situated and I'll message you and we'll make sure you're good to go and I'll uh, let you know when and where everything's going to be at. And then hopefully we can get you on again for the next Kickstarter. So
1: thanks. What do you do for work?
0: Oh, I'm a teacher, actually.
1: Oh, awesome.
0: Yep, wow. I'm teacher, Respect. I'm That's coaching. cool. they needed me last minute and it's just been crazy. So I'm going a week late for coaching. Because uh, another person, uh, um, you know, went and took a better job that was better for them. So I was like, yeah, I'll fill right. it in. And it's, it's just been a lot of work. So I'm uh, glad to, uh, to, that we were able to get you in now because after next week, I'll be getting people on Saturdays and Sundays around my teaching and coaching schedule for the next couple of yeah. months. So yeah, try no to get respect, all man. One done, you know, before December so that way we can start releasing two a month. And then we're going to be going into season two, um, hopefully recording by December that way, by the time, hopefully I have a baby in the spring, we'll just be on like season, four. <laughs> <laughs> season Very three. Very cool. Four, so.
1: <laughs> so cool, man.
0: Yeah. so going to be a little Very bit cool. <laughs> yeah. you, well, Take care of yourself. Yeah, I appreciate it. And like I said, I'll message you uh, tomorrow and we'll get everything situated on all the social media platforms for us. Okay.
1: All right, man. I'll watch right, for friend. you.
0: And have a good rest of the day and I will see you later. Okay.
1: You too. Take care. Thank you.
0: Bye.